Good morning, church. Work right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's working. Get taller. I'm just leaning on it because my back hurts. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Okay. Well, good morning. Thank you, Dale. I appreciate that. Everybody's a critic. Everybody's a critic. Do you have critics? Critics. Oh, the people who criticize you. You're not doing this good enough. You're not great at that. Why don't you do this a little better? You did that wrong. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. Those are the things that come out of the mouths of critics. Yet everybody's a critic. You know what I say? Don't listen to the critics. Why, Chris? Great question. I love questions and answers. I'm going to share with you a couple snippets. Can everybody here use your imagination still? Does your imagination still work? The younger ones, it's easier, but for us who've lost the sense of fun and laughter and we go to work 40 hours a week and we have bills we imagine winning the lottery so we can pay them all off and retire that's our imagination yes I want you to imagine the voice of the critics in these little snippets I'm going to share with you the critics usually involve the people that are closest to you. Those are your critics. Abraham became the father of faith, did he not? His faith was so weak, he lied twice about who his wife was because he feared man. And not only that, he didn't trust on the promise of God to provide him the son through Sarah that he thought. And he forced the birth of Ishmael. Correct? Who would have been his greatest critic? We went through the book of Abraham. His greatest critic would have been the person closest to him. That would have been his wife. What do you think she said to him on a daily basis, decision after decision after decision, that in her eyes, as the critic was unworthy of becoming that man of faith he was going to turn into. Are you imagining? Jacob was the weaker of twin brothers. Yes? 
Yes, thank you. I'm going to ask these guys all of them right here. All the questions are going right there. Jacob was the weaker of twin brothers. What do you think his father and his brother said about him? You think they criticized that he was weaker, that he was mama's boy, that he was never going to make it in this life like your brother Esau? You have critics like that in your life? They exist. He tricked his brother and deceived his father. What do you think the critics said about him after that? Yet he was the man that God chose. You guys ever heard of Gideon? Good. Come every week for the next six years. We're going to get there. Gideon was first introduced to us in the Bible while hiding in a wine press from the Midianites because he was a man of courage. What do you think the critics said about Gideon? Yeah. You yellow? Are you a yellow McFly? He was hiding in a wine press from the Midianites. And he denied the power of God so much he asked God to show him signs to prove that he was actually going to take care of him as he promised. What do you think the critics said about that? Honey, I'm so scared. God said he's going to rescue us. I'm so scared. I need God to show me a sign. What do you think the critics said? Everybody, everybody here heard of Jesse? He had nine sons. Jesse. He had nine sons. Nueve. Nine. Anybody here have older siblings? I don't. You have older siblings? Who's the oldest? Are you the oldest in your family? Right there? Well, you guys ever heard of David? Slaughtered Goliath? Right? Did you know that he was the only son not brought out before Samuel to be anointed when Jesse brought his sons out? Why do you think that was? He was the runt. He was the youngest. He was tending the sheep. He was nobody. What? Use your imagination. What do the critics say about that person? What did his eight brothers say to him all the time? What did his own father think of him? Turn your imagination on, folks. God gave it to you for a reason. Gave you this word to use them both. He was not worthy enough of his chance to be anointed, yet, again, he was the man God chose. Anybody ever heard of Joseph and Mary? Anybody ever heard of the story of a child named Jesus? Does everybody know who Jesus is? I'm making sure you're awake and saved. Did you know that Jesus was the son of a carpenter? 
The son of Joseph was from a place called Nazareth, called a Nazarene. You know what the Bible says about him? You know what the critics say? John 1.46, and Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Where's he from? Yuba City. Yuba City? Can anything good come out of Yuba City? It's 40 miles north of Sac. There's like 55,000 people there. And they got Marysville, Linda, and Olivehurst. Can anything good come out of there? What do the critics say? Use your imagination. I'm going to read a couple passages here. I'm going to start in Matthew. Matthew 13, verse 53 through 58. It's not in any notes that you have. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there when he had come to his own country. Yuba City. He taught them there in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? This is my favorite critic right here. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Simon, and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. What do the critics say about you? Don't all shout out at once. What do the critics say about you? Who are the critics? Those who are from your own country and your own house. Mark 6. We'll read the same story from Mark. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Judas, and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of what? Their unbelief. What do the critics say about you with all their unbelief? Because they're close to you. Because they know you. I've known you your whole life. You're not chosen. You're not special. That's what the critics say. That's what they did to Jesus. This is a carpenter's son. We know him. He's not special. I don't know what your history is, where you grew up, or what you did as a teenager, but I guarantee you've got some critics. Anybody got critics? I can tell you this, it is amongst those closest to you 
It is amongst those closest to you that will that you will be rejected as a leader, a teacher, a minister, a saint, a prophet, a man of God. It'll be those people that'll criticize you. So I wasn't always your pastor. I wasn't always a nice person. I don't know if you can tell from my excitement and my energy, but I had a past. And I remember my own mother telling me horrible things. You don't love God. You say you love Jesus. You're so evil. Mind you, my mother herself is not emotionally well, and I love my mom. She knows I'm up here doing this today, and you want to know what the critics say? She won't open her lips, but in her mind, I know that she probably still thinks the same things. Do you know why? Because she knows Chris, and that's what the critics are going to say about you. It doesn't matter if the amazing power of God comes into your life and changes every single thing about you from the inside out and transforms you, and God has a purpose on your life, the critics will always say otherwise. Jesus was performing miracles, teaching in the synagogues, and they said, wait a minute, we know him. He's the carpenter. He's nobody. He's not a man of God. And nothing mighty could be done among them because of their unbelief. You guys know the story, right? This is the obstacle you will face, ladies. High school. Middle school. Elementary school. You'll face this at work. You'll face this at home. You'll face this with those closest to you. They themselves will sometimes be believers, but will deny the power of God in your life because they're jealous and they don't believe God could do something with you if he's not doing it with them. What do the critics say about you? Anyone here know anyone like that in their life? Now I'm going to cut you to the soul. Anybody here say things and think that about some of those people that are close to you? Are you a critic? Do you catch yourself? You're like, wow, I can't even believe I was thinking that right now. But yes, I can believe I was thinking that right now. That's why the critics work. If it happens to them, it can happen to you. You've got to be mindful of your thoughts. Scary. This is a constant theme throughout the Bible, you guys. Critics. 
It's a constant theme throughout humanity today. Critics. Who here today has somebody criticizing you right now? Somebody, somewhere, when they think about you, and they know that you're here on Sunday morning, you're just a goody two-shoe who wants to be so perfect and wants to say they love Jesus, and you doesn't love anybody but themselves. There is a critic right now saying that about you, most likely. It hurts, right? Today we're going to begin our series about Joseph. He's going to have 11 critics, uh, 10, 10 critics, not 11. He's going to have 10 critics. You know who those 10 critics are? That's right. So let's start Genesis 37. Oh, hold it right there. Go back, guys. I'm sorry. Just wanted you guys to see the picture here. The wheat and the stars. Those represent the dreams of Joseph. They represent the dreams of Joseph. We're going to read about those today. Now let's get to the scripture. Genesis 37, we're only reading verses 1 through 11 today. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, also his brothers. This next sentence is something that you read over so fast every time you've ever read this. Every time you've ever read this. I bet you never stopped one time to wonder what this was about. It says, I'm going to read it again. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Mr. Speak the Truth. Mr. Be Honest. Mr. Going to have the arrows pointed at him. Joseph came up here and talked to you about your money. Got you all, didn't I? Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now, Israel, that's Jacob, just so you guys know, remember, Jacob has now transitioned from Jacob. He is now Israel. In the future, as we read this name Israel, we are talking about Jacob. Until we get past Jacob's dead, and then we talk about Israel, then we talk about the nation of Israel. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. I bet you the critics had a lot to say about that. Because he was the son of his old age. How about the best part? He was the son of Rachel. Mm-hmm. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, 
They hated him and, not, and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, guys. We were out in the field. All of us. We were hanging out. We were working. He says, we were, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your shoes stood all around and bowed to my sheaf. I don't think the critics are going to like that very much. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Mama's boy? Son of Rachel? Son who father loves? Son whom we hate? Use your imagination. Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? I love these ask these questions because they are so prophetic because this exact thing will take place, folks. So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come down to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. That is a key point. Do not forget right there. And his father kept the matter in mind. So let's surface level, let's go through all my notes here, pull some stuff out. Number one, we're going to start off with this. Joseph is introduced to us as an obedient son. He's out in the field, he's working with his brothers, and he goes to the father with a bad report. So he's an honest man. And there is nothing wrong with being an honest person with integrity, gentlemen. Nothing wrong with that. It'll take you far in this life. Now your siblings might not like you when you give a bad report about them, but it pays off in this story, so bear with me a couple weeks, okay? His bad report included all his half-brothers, including the sons of concubines, but not his full brother, Benjamin. Did you depict that from the story? Benjamin would have probably been really young at this point. Mother just died during childbirth. Benjamin's born the last son. Benjamin may not be old enough to work in the field. Either way, Benjamin's not in this story. It says he was with the, fa- with the sons of his father's wives, and he was with the sons of the concubines. It was not with the son of, not with the son of Rachel, which would have been his brother, Benjamin. So, Bullet point B, the substance of this report is not given. However, we all know doing this has never been popular. 
Where's all the snitches at? You've gone and you've told on your sibling to your parents. Put your hands up. We want to know who you are. We want to make sure we can avoid telling you anything. No, I'm just kidding. Listen. It's not popular when you go and you give a bad report about your siblings, right? But was it the right thing to do? Thank you, Will. Bullet point C, it showed that Joseph was what? A faithful servant. He was faithful to his father. When you have 10 older brothers who don't like you, and you go and you tell on them, you got a lot of courage. You got a lot of faith. You have a lot of critics. And you're trusting that you're going to be okay afterwards. Because if you grew up in 1970 and you were the brother of 10 older brothers and you went and told on them, you might not walk for three weeks. Right? Where's all the guys that grew up younger than, oh, a little older than me? Yeah, come on. That's the truth. It was that way when I was a kid. We didn't talk tell on people. So bullet point D, what? Naturally, his brothers hated him for this. They didn't just dislike him. The Bible used the word hate, and we all know hate is a strong word, and they use the word hate. His brothers hated him for his dreams, and of course, you know they hated him for telling on them with this bad report, whatever this report was. So Joseph was not Mr. Popular. But he was a faithful servant, and he was obedient, and he did the right thing. Yes? Okay. Let's go to uh, number two. Joseph was also honored by Israel. He was honored by Israel. We read all those things. It says his father had given him a richly unique robe. It points that out because the ten other brothers didn't have that robe. Did they? Anybody have older siblings and your parents bought you an Xbox, but nobody else had one before you? You're not going to be liked. Especially when you say this, that's mine. That's mine. It was Nintendo, right? The original, folks, just so to clarify. This would signify that Jacob, or Israel, favored him above his brothers. So not only did his brothers already not like him, but now his father gave them a reason to not like him. He was really not liked. You want to know how much he wasn't liked? Soon I'm going to tell you how they plot to kill him and get rid of him. That's how much they don't like him. But that's later. The robe would signify him to a larger share of the inheritance. At that time, you remember the parable of the son that came home? And he, the father ran to him. That's what God does when you come to return to him. It doesn't matter if you go away from God and you wander away for 10 years. When you come back to God, he's going to run to you. He's going to throw that robe of the Savior around you. He's going to bring you home and he's going to feed you and he's going to throw a feast. So here's Jake, uh, uh, Joseph is wearing that robe. So guess what? They don't like that. 
Joseph was the firstborn of who? Israel's true and first love. You remember that Reuben went and slept with a concubine, so there's already a conflict going on. There's already a conflict going on. Now, don't think that by this point in time, all these sons don't know that Jacob wanted Rachel and not Leah. And they're all the sons of the unwanted women. So Joseph was the firstborn of his true love. He was hated even more for it. My best, this was my, this was my favorite one, bullet point E, because you guys know how I feel about this. Yet Israel should have remembered what parental favoritism does to a family, right? Because we have been talking about this for a while. Parental favoritism. Jacob was favored by his mother. Esau was favored by his father. There was conflict there. Conflict which Jacob himself experienced, yet showed the same love to Joseph. You would think he would have learned his lesson. This parental favoritism separated Jacob from his mother and would separate later Joseph from his father. This favoritism that he showed towards his son, his ten other sons are going to persecute him for it. Let's get to bullet uh, number three. God confirmed Israel's choice of his faithful son by two dreams. Did he not? You think those dreams just happened because of nothing? You think he ate some weird mushrooms in the ground and just had these dreams? God showed up and gave him a vision. Joseph. Not Jacob, not the ten sons. Joseph. God showed up and Joseph had these dreams. So God confirmed Israel's choice. Because remember, Israel put the robe on Joseph. Joseph was already chosen for the larger inheritance. Joseph was his favorite son. And God confirmed that through two dreams. In a dream, bullet point A, in a dream long ago to Abraham, God announced the Egyptian bondage in the first place. The Egyptian bondage that is coming. God showed up in a dream to Abraham, and that's what he showed him. God promised protection and prosperity in a dream to Jacob. And now... Joseph is going to have two dreams which would reveal and predict his role as their ruler. Or I put usually as their savior. The first image of a savior. Joseph will be your first image of the coming Christ. Do you get that? D, his brothers hated him all the more after hearing his dreams. They hated him. He went and he snitched on us to dad. He's causing problems. He's a goody two-shoes. Dad gave him that fancy robe and I don't have one. I'm his firstborn son. But we slaughtered those people who did Dina wrong. And Joseph gets the robe. 
And now he's having dreams that he's going to rule over us. You think they like that? They were his critics, just like you have critics. It could be your wife, your son, your daughter, your brother, your cousin, or your parent. I don't know who your critics are, but I bet you have some. We normally all do. I like this part. Remember I said that, and his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind, and I said, hold on to that. Bullet point E, his father pondered the idea. Why? Knowing that God has selected a younger to rule the older, as was in his case. You remember, it's not about the firstborn. God chose Jacob to rule over Esau. So Jacob himself has already experienced that the younger can be the ruler. So even though he rebuked his son, it was probably a nice way of saying, you need to shut up before you get yourself hurt. Because you're making these guys mad. How dare you think that your mom and your, your mother and I and all your brothers are going to worship you and bow down to you. But his father kept the matter in mind. His father did not deny that it was the possibility that he'd had these dreams and that he would be their ruler. Number four, the first dream. We're going to talk about the first dream. The first dream was agricultural. He talked about the sheaves. I put in point A, there may be a hint of the manner in which Joseph would originally establish rulership over the family. What do you mean, Chris? Bullet point B, the sons of Israel would establish a relationship with Joseph in the future regarding food. This is coming. The first dream was agricultural for a reason. I put there may be a hint. It's not a hint. It's a prophecy. He's going to go to Egypt. He's going to become great there. And once he becomes great there, there's going to be a famine in the land. And these guys are going to be starving. And their grains are dead. And they're going to go to the only grain standing. Just like in the dream. First dream was agricultural. The second dream, number five, the second dream was celestial. In ancient cultures... The astronomical stars represented rulers. Did you know this? There you go. In ancient cultures, the astronomical stars represented rulers. The sun and moon represented his parents. And the stars represented his brothers. So, time out, Chris. How great does that make Joseph? Well, I just said that the celestial signs in ancient culture represented rulers, so therefore those rulers were going to bow to one almighty ruler, and that was Joseph. Number six, this sense of Joseph's elevation brought hatred. The critics are hot. 
Siskel and Ebert are writing horrible Rotten Tomato reviews about you. They do not like that you love Jesus. They are going to say that you don't love Jesus. They're going to say all these things about you. They're going to say things like, how can you call yourself a Christian? How do you think you're, oh, you're helping in the ministry over at church? Oh, you? You have these critics. I don't care how goody-two-shoe you are. There's got to be one person who says something about you. Even if you're so humble and righteous, that's what they'll say. Oh, you just think you're holier than everybody. If that's the only thing they can say, they will say it. A, the envy of his brothers is understandable from human nature. I was wrestling with my brothers when they were little kids, and I'm 10 years older than the younger, the first younger one. And, you know, WWE wrestling, it's the mid-90s, and I body slammed one through the window. We lived in San Bernardino. It was freezing cold that winter. So I hit everything. Pushed the glass out the window, closed the thing, left the room, didn't know nothing. They told on me. I did not like that. I did not like that. I got in trouble. I said I didn't know what happened to the window. They told the truth. You guys relate? Sure you do. You relate? You're the oldest. You don't get told on? You hear it a lot, right? Oh, you get told on a lot. But the envy of the brothers is understandable from human nature. We're all human. We understand. Remember I said you have critics, but remember I said you are a critic. Chris, that was like throwing a stone at me. Yeah, I know. If I offended you and you've actually never criticized anybody in your life and you've lived without that sin, come let me know. I want to hear about it. I'll, I'll accept that you're telling me the truth. I will stand corrected. I will come back up here next week and say, I have one person who actually has never criticized anybody in their life. And I'll bring you up here and we'll pray for you. Number B, letter B, letter B. God's sovereign choice of a leader often brings out the jealousy of those who must submit. Chris is kind of young. Shaved his beard. Now he looks younger. We sure he's the right guy? Rather than recognize God's choice, they, sat, they set out on a course to destroy him. Did you know that? Hey, God's going to save us all later. I don't know to tell you this yet because it's really not been a part of my dream, but one day you guys are going to be starving and you're going to come to me because you're going to try to get rid of me and I'm going to have a lot of food and I'm going to take care of you guys, okay? Are we good with that? <laughs> Crucify him. Yeah, give us Barabbas. <laughs> Their actions, prompted by a belief that they should lead, 
shows why they should not have led. And they will not lead. Their actions, prompted by a belief that they should lead, shows you why they should not have led. Their actions, prompted by a belief that they should lead, shows why they should not have led. Joseph had a lot of critics. Joseph was hated, and Joseph would later be persecuted by his brothers. Why, Chris? Because he was faithful and obedient to his father. He was loved by his father, unfortunate for him. (laughs) He was loved by his father. Yeah. His brothers were jealous. He was a prophet without honor amongst his hometown, in his own country, amongst his own people. The first image of your Savior. He would be persecuted and hated to the point they wanted to kill him. Remind you of somebody? Well, they succeed 2,000 years later. Those guys succeed. They kill off the man that God chose that wanted to love them. And you know what he said when they were killing him? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What do you say about your critics? Forgive them, Father, for they do not know that I'm the chosen one. (laughs) Forgive them, Father, that they do not know that God has called me. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. They say mean things about me because they're jealous and envious. Do you have people like that in your life? Pray for them. I want you to pray for the people who criticize you. Okay? Let's close. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, for your word. I'm grateful for Joseph, Lord. I'm grateful that you've given us a message, Lord. I'm grateful that you take the mess I put together and you make it a message. I'm grateful that you are leading this church in a direction, Lord God, that we're going to read from your word. We're going to teach from your word. We're going to be focused on you. Our eyes are going to be set on you. We understand, Lord, that when we choose to follow you, Lord, that we're going to have critics and we're going to have people who are going to persecute us and they're going to be close to us. And they are going to say things about us. Father, the closer that we get to you, the more they're going to say, Lord. And we know that. And Father, we pray that you give us the ability, Lord, for them to see you in us, Lord. And that they would seek out what we have been given from you, Lord. The free gift of eternal life. The gift of salvation, Lord. Your love. I thank you for that. I pray that those that we meet this week will see that, Lord. I pray that we have the courage, Lord, to invite somebody to church this week, Lord. I thank you for this church family. In Jesus' name, amen.